Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to issue 4262 of The Bugle, the official podcast of the British monarchy. Ever since Sir Jesus Christ anointed Solomon King of all conceivable Britons at the Battle of Trafalgar after jousting the Armada off the park at Wembley in 1966. I am Andy Zaltzman. It is, as we record, Monday the 8th of May 2023. We are approximately 48 hours into the official coronated kingdomarium of Charles III, or as his many billion social media followers of course know him, at Chucky Triple Dog. And we are recording in the shed, which is festooned with Union Jack bunting, but the invisible type, the bunting that lives and quite literally breathes in the hearts of all true subjects of our septuagenarian <laughs> wobbly jowled superhero overlord and mega master. And I'm joined in person for this week's special Bikinged Bugle uh, by Ian Smith and Ria Lena. W- welcome to the shed, both of you. Yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. An honour, if anything, yeah. to be it, in the shed. It's exactly how I picture your shed. <laughs> 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 cricket paraphernalia. Yes, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cricket paraphernalia yeah. everywhere. I did actually bring you a present oh. because of you know of where we're at and i was so worried i was like he will have this someone will have found this and bought it for him but i did find it in holland so i oh, figured right, there's okay. less of a chance and it is the strangest cricket quiz book oh right well that sounds like it's going to keep uh, me and my family hugely entertained for <laughs> i know the rest of the year yes i figured i figured well, maybe we can do a cricket quiz later in <laughs> I this think episode we, I, of I the was, bugle i was hoping you would say okay. that i would love to see how much of this you know because right. i'll be honest i flicked through it and the it's Greek to me. <laughs> Genuinely Greek the to me. The strangest cricket quiz. Yeah, the strangest cricket. Well, that's the Dutch love It would be strange if a lot they? of the questions were just not about cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Still don't know the answers. <laughs> well, thank so, you very much. Yeah, pleasure. That's just... Yeah. No, I'll keep, I'm going to ask you okay. the questions and then you can have All right, okay. Right, it's quite, have you brought me a gift? Well, um, do, you, do you like apples? I've got an apple. Right. Well, it's not as good as a quiz book, is it, Ian? Yeah. Um... A 2023 Moleskin diary. Right. But it's got a lot of my gigs in. Oh, well, that's, I don't have a lot in my diary, so that <laughs> yeah. might, be, might be quite nice, actually. Yeah, you can have all my <laughs> gigs. I can't believe you didn't bring a gift. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a terrible photo. When you go to someone's yeah. house, you bring a gift. Yeah. It's just... Well, I don't really get invited to people's houses a lot. Because <laughs> you I never bring gifts. Yeah. yeah. That reputation does get... Mm. That gets around, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. No, also, on this coron- you know, the coronation weekend, and this is because it's a... A national holiday mm. to yeah to just I don't know to, to soak up the echoes of yeah. feudalism. Well, I've, I've, I've and just you been know because the king well the king got loads of gifts, didn't he? Even though he, he already has everything, mm. and yet people still and yet you've not brought me a yeah. gift to my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a very good point. But when when I I'll, when I do the news quiz, yeah, I'll bring in two. All right, okay. Um, because people say that the radio theatre is your second harm. Oh, right. Do um, they? Yeah, that's right. what I've heard. Okay. Um, yeah. That might be because the recording's gone so long that generally I'm sort of asleep on stage by the end. <laughs> Explains the robe and slippers. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we are recording, as I said, and Chris is also here in person. Hello, Chris. God save the Queen, everybody. <laughs> Queen? Queen. Oh, Queen. Queen. Oh, off with his head. Oh. Messed Queen. it up Queen already. Queen is the gender neutral term for a monarch that I'm sticking with. That's right. The Queen? Mm. Yeah. That's, I think or is it the two of them together? Is that going to be their, their name, their pairing, you know, queen. their couple name, the yeah, Queen? Yeah. We reported on this in yeah. last week's Bugle, yeah. that they were, they're being fused into a single, um, a single tra- identity. transgender right. monomonarch 
to be referred as their, their majesty i think yeah. so that's very exciting news. their majesty the queen yeah it's uh i can get behind that yeah <laughs> As always, the section of the bugle is going straight in the bin. And this week, after the controversial uh, demand stroke request that uh, everyone in the, the universe uh, paid an oath to King Charles, we at the bugle have developed an interactive oath to allow you to pay the right level of grovelling subservience according to your specific desire. So you can just delete and either use the, 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 the true words that the king demanded or uh, alternatives that we are providing for you so just delete as applicable i swear that i will pay true allegiance stroke 20 quid in cash stroke no f***ing attention whatsoever to your majesty stroke the woman from the peloton adverts stroke our true king donald j trump and to your heirs and successors stroke whoever else wants me to i'm really not that f***ing fussed stroke my local bowls team come on you jackals according to <laughs> according to law stroke bananarama stroke tinder so help me god stroke mummy stroke escape uh, that's interactive choose your own oath is our section in the bin this week Top story this week, well, only one place to start in the world, and that is with the victory of the bookie's favourite, King Charles III. He won the crown, following in his mummy's footsteps uh, after a really seeing off all competition in a spectacular display of becoming king on Saturday in Westminster Abbey. Uh, I, I know neither of you was actually invited to participate, were you, in the... Um in the uh, no, not itself? not in not in the Abbey itself. Yeah. I wasn't invited uh, to go in, but I was invited to kind of walk around with the masses, right. um, with or without a yellow placard. Right. Um, going, you know, in or outside of the the metal iron ring that went around it, yeah. uh, with or without a rain mac. Right. I mean, that's really what what 21st century Britain is all about, I think. That, it is. That, it, that, you know, it's, it's choice, right? Yeah. Choice. Um, Ian, how did you celebrate the, uh, the, the well, great occasion? Because you're, you're, of course, you, you weren't born in 1953 um, without breaking confidence uh, on on your age. So, you, you know, yeah. you, you, don't, you obviously don't remember the, the, pr the previous coronation. No, no. But um, I've, I'm almost certainly going to see another one. Right. Um, that's my hope, is that I at least see one more coronation. Um, but yeah, I was supposed wow, to be. Wow, that's dark, though, isn't it? <laughs> no, what? Like, to hopes, say that I hope, I hope he dies I hope to in my lifetime. How old is he? He's well, no, seventy-four. No, I hear that. Seventy-four. It's pretty dark, isn't it? No, I, I think you could look a seventy-four-year-old in the face and say, "I, I want to outlive you." <laughs> no, I get that. <laughs> and, and no, I appreciate okay. that. I mean, I was just saying, you know, I mean, you could assume you'd live to the next one, but to hope you'd live to the next one is. Yeah, like oh, I think that's. I've, I've, I hope he goes and his I mean, wife. Yeah, with him. people did say, "May the king live forever." Um, yeah. So if he lives forever, it's in one of the songs, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Fair, fair play, I guess. You know, beaten by a better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better, more eternal yeah. opponent. Yeah. If if someone's immortal, I don't mind them out living. <laughs> um, Thing is, you'll never know if someone's immortal if you yourself are immortal. Hmm. God, that's. God, we've got very philosophical very early on here. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I could be immortal to the Queen. She'll never know. Right. Yeah. But she must have thought she was immortal. I think up until the point that Philip went. Right. Or oh, when she looked into the eyes of Liz Truss and realised... <laughs> She's not. This is the, <laughs> the 
all four horsemen in the apocalypse <laughs> rolled into one <laughs> terrible public speaker. Do you think Liz Truss was the devil coming back to claim her soul? I think the devil would be more competent than Liz Truss. I think I don't think I don't think she has the level of admin required I, to. I, I think she's more efficient than the devil. So? Yeah, because mm. it took her less than forty days to wreak absolute so. havoc. <laughs> no, I guess yeah, I hadn't really thought of it from that, that from that perspective. <laughs> Obviously, it was a ridiculously over the top ceremony. Um, it showed Britain at its best, and by best I mean silliest, and by silliest I mean best. It's really all we've f***ing got anymore. <laughs> um, I mean, say what you like about, about the UK in the 2020s, but we still do anachronistic cosplay fetishism better than any f***ing nation on earth. And I think that's going to be the last thing that we ever lose. I, I have to say, the, the dress-up was, was superb. It was right. absolutely brilliant dress-up. But speaking as a, as a tax-paying Brit, I did feel that the coronation as a whole, which we paid $100 million for. $100 million we paid. Well. Yeah. Yes, mm. yes, for our overseas listeners. Yeah. We, we're each on a payment plan. <laughs> I'm really struggling that. after that. Right. I, well, you know, I'm yeah. a bit annoyed by it because I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, I like to forward plan. I like to be re- financially responsible. Am I the only one going, I'm also saving for the funeral? So... <laughs> You know, there, there's just no, there's just no thought to it. We should have two payment plans, right. shouldn't we? If anything, but I, I did feel it was a little bit like. Remember when Apple put a U2 album on all of our phones? I did feel like the coronation was a little bit like that. Oh right, okay. Yeah, that they've just sort of plonked the coronation into my, into my finances right. without really asking me. I think I was one of the few people who, when that happened, I thought that was quite nice. I didn't l- listen to it or like it, but I thought that's it. Very, very generous. You're right. Well, that's also the way a lot of people look at the monarchy here is that they, mm. don't, they don't pay any attention to it. But, yeah. you know, it's just nice to know. But how generous. It, it, it's there. If we, if we want to have the mm. option of feeling that we have a superior feudal overlord, yeah, then it's, yeah. it's always there to dip into. Yeah. Well, what were the highlights for you of the uh, the um, the actual ceremony? What, what, what bits really uh, really grabbed you? Well, I... I didn't watch. I would say I didn't watch any of it. Right. But but then I f- I remembered that um I sort of have an obligation of of topical humour sometimes. <laughs> so then I would like watch bits. And it, the Daily Mail website is very good for like has like hundreds of articles in minute detail. Um. So there's one thing I was looking. This is about Prince George. I hate how um how subservient they are to like a nine-year-old and, <laughs> but they described him as thriving in the most important role of his life and from what I gained from the bits that I saw is he was carrying the cape as they were walking down so he's yeah. just, just like lifting it up thriving it feels <laughs> like um, like they've gone he's nailed pick, picking a finger and not either dropping it or losing focus or concentration. But you have to remember, he's heir to the throne. That's probably the only thing he's ever picked up for himself in his life. (laughs) Yeah. I think there was a real skill there. I thought it was really interesting that um, it was Prince George was the only grandson of the king in as a page boy and the other five were all Camilla's grandkids and I was like it's a Parker Bowles takeover you know <laughs> like in 200 years the Parker Bowles are going to be on the throne you know what I mean Where, and they're all older and bigger than him as well so he was there going I'm taking part and I'm like you going down boy <laughs> you are going down they're coming to get you're going to get medieval on them um, just yeah. like the old days I don't know if this is a nice thing to say about a nine prep him for eating <laughs> um, but I think he looks smug as f- <laughs> I think sometimes there's a little picture of it and he looks like he's like I, like he knows he's going to be king like, I'm sure I read a story once about him saying something at school where someone had said something to him and he was like yeah well I'm going to be king 
Oh, I really, I hate that attitude. I, <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't know why it's not healthy for me to dislike yeah. a nine-year-old. Although I guess to be fair to him, that's that's accurate. Whereas when yeah. you know, the the child Boris Johnson said he wanted to be king of the world, that 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 should have raised yeah yeah rung some serious yeah. Serious to be fair to him. He, he knows his lineage. Yeah, and also, you know, he was born magic. He was bo born instantly appointed prince because, you know, you've either got it or you haven't, and you, you know, he just, he just mm. popped out of the womb. Bang. They tested him. They did one of those, like, skin prick tests. Uh-huh. 100% prince. And, was yeah, it? Yeah. Came out blue, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You can't... I mean, you, you've got a medical background, really. You know that, you know, you can't fake that kind of thing, can you? No, not at no. all. You know, they do it in the heel yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to say, is it wrong as well? I totally agree with you. You should never begrudge a child especially a nine-year-old and he is just mm. a child but at the same time when he came out a boy after we did all of that chat about changing <laughs> you know changing the law about whether or not a girl could inherit mm. and then he came out a boy and we went oh, all that for nothing yeah. so yeah. i'm open to him identifying however he wishes to identify as he grows older because right. i think there's room for it i think we're open to it i'm excited to see what happens queen yes <laughs> he'll be queen all by himself uh, their majesty of course, Charles, you know, wasn't a foregone conclusion, despite what everyone says. He did have to uh, pass the final tests uh, in the couple of days before the coronation. On Friday, he completed a, a circuit of the Silverstone uh, motor racing circuit <laughs> in, a, in his gold horse-drawn carriage at an average speed of 176 miles an hour. That was well over the 150 mile an hour average needed to prove yourself monarch-level king quality. And then he completed a 147 maximum break behind closed doors at the Crucible Theatre in Sheffield using his scepter as the snooker queue and the royal orb as the cue ball. So we do know we are getting a proper, authentic king also i mean there was a lot of talk about how you know this was you know there, yes there was tradition but also it was it was pared back from the it more was. from the more lavish ceremonies of the past <laughs> really? it was much more modern and you, you might have thought watching it well if this is pared back and modern then i'm surprised that the 1953 coronation ever ended mm -hmm. um but i mean it was it i mean it was hugely it what was did like, we skip what bits did we skip and what was more modern about it? Oh, well, like, no one built a henge during the service. Um, okay. So that's that's yeah, that's right. quite modern. Yeah. The um, crown was put on by a drone. Yeah. You could just sort of you could hear that yeah. and then sort of getting that on. Yeah. I th I suspected Camilla wasn't actually there. I thought it was a bot. Did it's you, quite possible because she looked yeah. a little confused, and she and then it didn't fit, and you just go, you think they would have thought of this sooner? I think it's yeah, so. yeah it was a, pro a projection. I think because I remember Katy Perry walked through her at one point, right, um, looking for her seat because yeah, yeah. she couldn't find where she was sitting. <laughs> um, and in fact, when I went behind a screen, he was officially um, bekinged with that. Uh, the, there was a, some kind of special oil that I think was. Um, oh. Was the oil from, it was taken from, I think, the car that Nigel Mansell won the <laughs> Formula One World Championship in back in the 90s. True um, British tradition. <laughs> and, um, uh, but he, it was, the Archbishop of Canterbury was replaced by an automated multi-faith robo-priest um, that uh, sacrificed 300 children behind that screen in uh, under um, 10 seconds, which, I mean, that's, that's the kind of efficiency you get from modern technology. Are you serious? Mm. They put a screen up and instead of replacing the king, they replaced the Archbishop? Yep. I mean, they missed a trick there, didn't they? <laughs> There were some protests. Uh, 64 unarmed anti-monarchy protesters were arrested, uh, which is a bit hypocritical, I thought, because the king was allowed to wander around quite openly with a sword and no one kicked up a fuss and there were loads of cannons fired without the Met Police twitching an eyebrow. So. Penny Morden yeah, had yeah. a sword for most of it and yeah. no one twitched an eyebrow. Yeah. And if you saw her leadership campaign, I wouldn't <laughs> give that woman a weapon. She, um, she was voted um, Britain's sexiest MP. 
at one point. Right, during the service. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, this is a, like a description of Penny Mona. Everything about her description sounds mad. Um, the leader of the House of Commons and Lord President of the Council carried the sword of state, presenting the jewelled sword of offering to King Charles. She has risen from featuring on ITV's diving show, Splash, being voted Britain's sexist MP and serving as a Royal Navy reservist. And, um, yeah, now she's, um, well, I don't know what she does. I guess she's, is she just an MP now? Well, she's, no, she's, oh, she's the Lord Privy thingy, all the stuff you read. Oh. Yeah. She's head of head of that stuff. Oh, yeah, well, fair that. enough to it. But, um, yeah, it's amazing <laughs> that you can go from ITV's Splash to um, wh- whatever she's doing now. Yeah. Gives hope to Daryl Hannah, doesn't it, for future career? Who's yeah. he? She. <laughs> she. <laughs> she was in Disney Splash. Oh, this episode is not going well for me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't bring a gift. <laughs> I've misgendered a Daryl. <laughs> uh, Penny Morton is a cabinet minister. She, she's minister for holding up a sword whilst failing to invest in public services. So, um, oh, boom. Uh, um, <laughs> But also, I mean, I did think I did feel a bit sorry for Charles at that point because you know to have a member of Parliament hoving over his shoulder with a sharpened blade, that's got to be triggering uh, for a King Charles, given what happened just a couple of hundred yards away up Whitehall to fifty percent of all the previous King Charleses. Um, so uh, I thought it was a hundred percent. Well, no, there was a Charles II who wasn't. Was he not? Was he not? No, no. no, no. Only the first. Only the first. Oh, I thought they. No, no, only fifty percent. Oh, what happened to the second one? Uh, well, I think he just um, he had a spectacular number of mistresses and then died. Yeah. Um, oh, did he just yeah. just lived a life and then yeah. died of yeah. natural the party, causes? The party was. king. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He yeah. was died of exhaustion. In fact, in fact, the 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 um, some of the opulence of the coronation is specifically because Charles II. So they melted down one of the crowns, didn't they? And he was like, "Build me one that's bigger and better." And so, the crown is it's because Charles II went. It needs to be bling. Yeah, oh. he loved his he loved his bling, and uh, he was he given uh, he was given Mumbai as a wedding present. As um, I think they might have reported mm. on the bugle. Gosh, that really previously. that really puts Camilla's gift in yeah, perspective. Yeah, yeah. It? yeah, it puts me in the shade. <laughs> <laughs> um, there were there was also a very large pro monarchy demonstration, and uh, hundreds of fervent pro monarchy ultras were kettled by the police directly into Westminster Abbey so um there were protests on on, on both sides now oh I, I yeah I heard about that one I think Prince um Prince Harry accidentally got swept up into that yeah he did and yeah. uh didn't intend, he, he meant to be outside but. <laughs> um, so well, it came to the um you know I don't know yeah his role in the nation now because we like to to tag our monarchs with it with a nickname in this country Obviously, we had Ethelred the Unready William the Conqueror Bloody Mary uh, who was a 16th century grumpstress who liked a, a tipple while burning a heretic. Um, we had, uh, there was the 13th century war fan, Edward I, known as Edward Longshanks. That was the uh, earliest version of rhyming slang that um, that uh, uh, has been historically documented. <laughs> um, and, of course, recently, Charles III's predecessor, Elizabeth, the unremittingly politically neutral. Um, but then, of course, we've, we've had uh, you know others, uh, Edward the embarrassingly Nazi-ish in the 1930s, briefly, uh, Victoria the can't-let-go-of-her-ex, Charles the no-headed, I just mentioned, uh, and Henry the horny. Um, so, I don't know, to, to this, maybe, given that he looks so grumpy during the... Uh, the coronation. I think we can add Charles the slightly hacked off by minor inconveniences. <laughs> Will be uh, how he. There is something history. like, and sort of understandable to anyone who's been to like any event or like weddings and stuff that 
it's supposed to be like the happiest day of life, but stuff happens that's irritating. But there's something so unlikable about seeing someone in a gold carriage being in a bit of a <laughs> grump because maybe someone hasn't come quite in time and he's like, nah, someone hasn't opened the door to my gold carriage quick enough. And you're like, fuck, cheer up. <laughs> but he, did, he was lip read, apparently saying we can never be on time, complaining that, that it was running. I mean, to be fair. He the, was unhappy yeah. with it not being on time? The card, yeah. Because I mean, there were no Ubers available because it's a very busy day. The black cabs are too expensive, even for the royal family. Mm. So he ended up having to, to get an imitation gold cart and Night wobble his way. Yeah, the one that took him back didn't even have air conditioning. I know. Outrageous. It is. Really. Yeah, the suspension was shot. I mean, it was it was a bumpy ride. There was one point during the service when he put on a single white glove uh, and he was lip red saying, which prick forgot to pack the other glove? Why don't only have one f***ing glove? Uh, and it was kind of shades of Mexico 1968 in the Olympics, mm. with the one the one glove. Uh, those two two athletes. On, I mean, the whole day was very much a white power um, protest. <laughs> um, Do you think if if the royals didn't exist, would would lip readers and body language experts have any work? <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be all they. It's all they do, yeah. and it's all it's stuff like body language expert says, um, like man with folded arms and and frowning was not happy yeah. You're like, yeah well I, I could i think i could be a body language expert really easily um it's kind of, they seem relaxed um the man waving his finger in someone's face is angry um yeah i just think it's um it's a bullshit job for, for idiots if you're listening I, yeah. I'm just, can I, you tell how i feel without seeing yeah. me yeah. <laughs> they don't tend to listen to podcasts <laughs> and, and they don't give you the juicy stuff as well you want them to watch it and tell me you tell you when someone's farting you know what yeah, i mean you want yeah. them to sit there and go that that wasn't a that wasn't a dress adjust yeah <laughs> the, old, the tilt that you think is um covering it up yeah but why else would you just tilt on your side <laughs> slightly like you know, what's well, going on if there? your underwear's gone up your bum i suppose so yeah yeah, um, but well, you shouldn't there, there'd be some like official knight of the realm who, whose job it was to unpick the underwear from the royal butt cheeks um, on the occasion. Well, I, don't, I don't know if Claire Balding. I think they they, they cover that when they put the screen. Oh yeah, they put the screen round. So if Charles needs like this is the time to pee, poo, fart, whatever you yeah. need to do, do it now. There we go. Before we oil you up. He was uh, he was also lip red saying various other things, including this hat hurts. Um, <laughs> Um, am I still allowed to choose one person from the congregation to hunt and shoot with Henry VIII's crossbow or has that been woked off as well uh, and he also said fucking hell it's Flo Ella fucking Benjamin off 1980s kids telly awesome um, I was a bit disappointed though and I'm sure yeah, both of you as stand up comedians would have been disappointed by this as well that he needed prompt cards for the the, the whole thing even bits where all he had to say was basically yes <laughs> but he, he read yes off off a card I mean this was I'm not he said because I mean, it's not like doing like an Edinburgh show having suddenly started to work on it two weeks previously uh, uh, if I may uh, delve into my own personal um, experience <laughs> he, he's had 70 f***ing years to learn the script for this which hasn't really changed since his mummy did it back in uh, back in 53 and yet he still needed these cards just write it on the back of your f***ing hand well I mean I have to say the one thing that really struck me was the fact that we're supposedly this is a ceremony that marries the head of the church 
to the head to the state. So he becomes the head of the church and the head of the state. Why aren't you running this show? Why are you not? Why is everyone else knowing what they're doing? And you're sitting there going, what's next? I'm just going, wow, we're not, you know, this does not look good to the rest of the world. Okay. Biden, Biden still does his own speeches. You know what I mean? And he's older than, he's older than Charles. Time. Yeah. Time. He does sometimes say the wrong country (laughs) (laughs) for any speeches. Um, I think he's declared war with Slovenia at one point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, One thing I found, I was watching the coronation concert thing, and as a comedian, William did a speech, and um, this is the joke he did. He said, um, he did the speech and went, unlike unlike Lionel Richie, I won't go on all night long. And then got the biggest laugh of just... Like everyone clearly thinking, well, we have to laugh or we get murdered here. <laughs> but just people are like bowling over, slapping their thighs. It just made me so angry. Right. Um, I, I did a gig last night and there was a Hindu in, and I said, "Is this a Hindu?" And one of the women on the Hindu went, "More like a hen, don't." And it got a huge <laughs> laugh. And I wanted to walk off stage immediately because if that's what you want, I can't offer you um, yeah. that sort of level. But, but only, of you know, he's, he's the heir to the throne. The only way he could have been upstaged comedically from a joke like that would be with a cat getting scared by a cucumber. That's the only possible <laughs> oh, thing that could I be mean, funny. That, that's that's good watch. Yeah. Would would you um, would you take a five minute set? following Katy Perry at the coronation <laughs> if, if it come through and you're offered it well gig's a gig isn't it yeah I mean it would be it's, it's a huge gig <laughs> but I imagine the feedback on online would be terrible yeah but I, but I don't know what you do with it I'm because I can't remember what my, any of my stand-up is, to be honest. I have a joke about the invisible hand, and that's about all I can remember. So. That would go down great, because yeah. you could tie it to the one glove. The, the one glove, and also, I think... Topical. I Boom, think, you're in. That was Prince Andrew's defence in this case, was that his hand was invisible or something, wasn't it? Well, that's how, how we got away with it. You know, um, you know, actually, saying that, because there were 20,000 people there, even though they say do a five-minute set, I think it's really worth one joke. <laughs> By the time the laughter rolls all the way back, hits the king, and comes all the way forward again, you're done. Yeah. Just a yeah, bit yeah. of crowd work, and, you know, that's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Do you know what? It would have been great, because I don't know when... When did... did William's speech happened before or after Katy Perry, because what would have been great is if you went on before William and said, hey, don't worry, I'm not going to go on all night long and do his joke before yeah. him. Just to see him, just I would, to see, him to just see Prince William do five minutes of improv. Yeah. <laughs> just asking the audience for suggestions. <laughs> What's your name? What do you do? <laughs> uh, part of the, the concert, obviously, they, they had to play the national anthem. Um, and after the invocation to save, uh, for God to save our gracious king, uh, the king, according to tradition, did dive headfirst from the highest tower in the castle towards the royal crocodile pit and god did send an angel in a train bark wing wingsuit to swoop down catch the monarch before he could be bechomped by the waiting reptiles and gently place him atop the adoring crowd whereby with from he could symbolically crowd surf back to the castle the king at once supported by and existing above his loving throng uh, that's direct from the uh, bbc uh, commentary transcripts um the <laughs> that was the mo- that was the modern bit yeah i think it was the yeah. sent him victorious bit um now apparently god listens it's got a bit preemptive and thought there was still uh, another word to come. He, um, uh, and within five seconds, a delivery rider rang the doorbell at uh, Windsor Castle with a package of uh, 36,525 pairs of high-grade underpants from lingerie monger Victoria's Secret, one for <laughs> each day of the first hundred years of his hopefully eternal reign. Um, then happy and glorious, happy 
Well, I mean, he had a pretty f***ing grumpy face on during the hat fitting on Saturday, so let's hope he cheered up by uh, Sunday. And uh, and happy and glorious, that was misheard. And uh, instantly a selection of leading people called Gloria were ushered into the King's secret kinging chamber at uh, Windsor Castle for him to do with as he so uh, choosed, uh, choosed, chose, uh, including uh, the singer Estefan, the radio and TV presenter Honeyford, the former world number 45 ranked tennis player Gloria Pizzacchini, and America's former world number one ranked feminist Gloria Steinem. Uh, negotiations for the gradual release of the Glorias continue as we record <laughs> today. Um... Do you think Prince William's going to have a whole room full of Peggy's? Sorry. <laughs> the, uh, there was much talk of the uh, the regalia worn and all these extraordinary clothes that we don't see. There's the robe of righteousness. Um, did you... Um, which I think they nicked from a hotel. That was like... A, which you're not supposed to do. Uh, oh, don't... You don't want to put a, a... You know, a UV light on that, do you? Yeah. Nothing from a hotel is clean. <laughs> um, the jockstrap of justice, uh, of course, the crotchless wife fronts of compassion. <laughs> they sort of cancel each other out. The uh, gimp mask of grace and majesty. And, of course, the strap-on of serenity. That goes back to Charles II, uh, I believe. There was the bracelet of sincerity and wisdom at one point. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. which I thought was the least British object in the world. That sincerity has never been a national strong point. <laughs> and wisdom has taken an absolute f***ing battering in this country in recent years. We've done away with experts, with science funding, we underfund education. The closest we get to wisdom is a keep calm and carry on tea towel. So this, this to me, was the most unpatriotic thing that the king could have been asked mm. to put on. The bangle of snark and apathy, I think, would have been yeah. more appropriate for the this. The sarcasm bracelet. Yeah. But wasn't... I think Camilla was wearing the necklace of passive aggression. Really? Wasn't she? <laughs> I, I mean, that's very British. Yeah, yeah. There was the rod of equity and mercy... <laughs> um, oh no yes we, we all give our penises nicknames <laughs> <laughs> um so yes the, there was a rod the rod of equity and mercy so now if, if you were wondering where the concepts of equity and mercy have gone in british politics because they don't really appear in <laughs> government policy it turns out they're stuck inside a f***ing rod and that rod is kept under lock and key uh, except on special special royal occasions There was one extraordinary, um, very misreported story um, uh, about an incident in Bath, uh, in the historic Royal Crescent area of Bath, in which a couple of days before the coronation, so-called pranksters were alleged to have mown a shape into the usually primly primped lawn that might be possibly interpreted as a large, how to put this delicately on a family show, gentleman's plunkster and plumbles um <laughs> this um i mean i don't know i mean just two days before the coronation i mean this this seemed we, uh, also thanks to all the bugle listeners who alerted us to this story via social media and when i say all i, I think i mean everyone who listens to the show sent us some kind of social media link to the story <laughs> in case we'd missed it so thank you to all of you um I don't know what you thought of this because so, I, mean, I have an alternative explanation. For it, but what did you? What did you think this was an appropriate thing to do to to one of Britain's foremost lawns? It just looks like someone's done the rod of equity and mercy right. <laughs> <laughs> um, with a couple of bangles of yes of, of joy. Because I mean, people said this was inappropriate and and crude, um, but I've actually looked into the. It's it's, it's remarkably 
anatomically inaccurate, isn't it? Well, but, but there is a reason for that, Rhea, and that's oh, okay. because it, it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be anatomically accurate. It was, in fact, a tribute to the royal family, steeped in history. Now, let me explain what these, this, what was actually mown into the grass as as, as tribute on in the week oh. of the coronation. There were the two rounded circular shapes um, at, at the bottom of the uh, the figure, um, at the end of two longer parallel lines, ending with a line across between those two parallel lines, then a semicircle with a small additional line at its tip. Now, the, the rounded circular shapes, of course, represent two different things. The first, on the left, this, uh, represents a small round Scottish lake uh, wherein King James VI of Scotland bathed and slaked his royal thirst before journeying south in 1603 after the death of Elizabeth I to unify the crowns of England and Scotland. The Scottish word for small is, uh, uh, of course, bol. Um, and uh, lake is, is loch, and that gave the body of its water its commonly applied name of bollock. Uh, the <laughs> other round circle, of course, represents the church in the form of the uh, um, um, synod meeting space of the cathedral in the ancient royal market city of Goul in Yorkshire, where I believe you, you, you oh, yourself yeah, yeah. Uh, are from. The priests in Goul, of course, always met in a circular formation to promote equality under God's eye, and in the open air, so they might have a more direct line of communication with God above. The synod was thus placed in a in a meadow outside the uh, the famous cathedral of Goul, a meadow or or lee to give it its ancient term, and uh, is thus represented in the image as the Gouli. Um The long shaft-like part of the moan shape in Bath uh, recreates the outline of the so-called Map of the Heart, a sacred tapestry tapestrized by St Loniface of Winchester, the 12th century Norman clergyman archbishop who created a long rectangular dia diagram illustrating the relationship between the love of God for all humanity, humanity's reciprocal love of God, and the love of the church for the king and the love of the king for his people, the Map of the Heart in courtly French of course known as the Plan de Coeur or Plan Coeur. Um, the semicircular, oh semicircular semicircle at the head of the planker represents the ancient round table of King Edward the Confessor's courtly parliament, which was split in two sections for the different roles of the state at the time. One half was for planning things to be done, uh, done in the land, the agend, um, uh, from the Latin gerund agenda, and the other half of the table was for planning wars to be fought, also from a Latin gerund, that term being bellend. Um, the small additional line in the bellend was carved later in the table by Richard I, the Lionheart himself, in the year 1192, when he slammed his sword down when demanding further funding for his crusade, a chivalrous act known as the Hall, that's the same etymology as the Holler, uh, to arms, and the mark made by Richard thus became known as the Dick Hall. Um, so <laughs> the Lord of Dorman in Bath was in fact not some people being incredibly juvenile, but was a moving historical tribute to our royal heritage. Mm, one of the most oh. educational dick jokes. <laughs> <laughs> that was marvellous. Oh, I, I was going to counter with, or that was just literally where they were going to put the table for the garden party, and the long bit <laughs> is for the adults, and the two small round ones is for the kids. Right. It's quite possible. Um, to find the article again, I googled Swindon penis. <laughs> and the first result that comes up is that article, and the second result is for an official Ferrari dealer in Swindon called Dick Lovett. <laughs> Um, so even just the word penis, they've gone, ah, well, that is close to Dick in his name. <laughs> but also, Dick Lovett is a fantastic name for a Ferrari dealer. <laughs> Sounds like a, a sitcom character. Dick, yeah. Dick Lovett's Ferrari <laughs> dealership. Animals news now. Ian, uh, you mm. are the Bugles 
um, in-house David Attenborough. Um, oh, good. You are the you know you <coughs> you report on all things from the the natural kingdom. Yeah. For us, I know you've been out um, for several months now uh, in the undergrowth yeah. of the world, looking for. Yeah. Um, well, since my last appearance on the Bugle, I found um, three stories about animals. Right. You'd think there'd be more um, <laughs> in in the news um, about animals, um, but this is something from the north. That I saw, which um, there's a bleakness to the headline, which I think sums up the north. Um, a dead whale had to be removed from Bridlington Beach after it became a tourist attraction. <laughs> um, so, That's how desperate we are in the UK for entertainment. Yeah. yeah, even people aren't going to Bridlington for just in and of itself of going, oh, it's a lovely beach, let's have an ice cream. But then they're being told there's a rotting carcass on the beach. <laughs> and, yeah, it's apparently become a tourist attraction, um, which makes it sound like um, like a gift shop's been set up and there's key rings, um, some funny novelty T-shirts, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm with the dead whale carcass and a, a little arrow <laughs> pointing to the side. Um, Beluga, I don't even know her. Um, <laughs> stuff like that. A little fun T-shirts. Um... But, um, yeah, like, and security staff um, around it, because apparently um, criminal gangs um, and thieves will target whale carcasses for the illegal trade of their bones, which just makes me think, it's mad that, like, even up north in a place like Bridlington, you've got a criminal gang who I imagine largely deals in, like, drugs, but also has a whale jawbone contact. <laughs> if they're like, ah... Oh, We've we've got our bloke who brings the coke in through the ships. Like ah, I know a bloke who if we if we remove the jawbone and clean it, he'll sell it to a local <laughs> museum or something. Just don't know how it would be a contact in the criminal that they when they're doing a little plan of being like, yeah, Terry, there's a there's a whale carcass in Bridlington. <laughs> they get over there. Um, I couldn't maintain that accent for a, for long for long enough. Um, but um, they took four, didn't they, from a pod? elsewhere oh did they yeah that's why they were worried about it they there was a pot of whales that 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 washed up somewhere else and overnight all four of their jaws had gone because it was just wow. you know like it was a complete set mm. which must be even rarer yeah a set of four whales you know You'd like a set of go on eBay and right yeah see if they're on there nothing worse than when you have like one and then you have two and then mm. they don't match yeah yeah, you do need four, don't you? You do want the matching, don't mm. you? You definitely need four. I was intrigued, Ian, and you, you can share maybe some local insight. Mm. This is not too far away from where where you grew up, is it? Uh, a local man said, you don't expect to see anything like it, especially especially in Bridlington. <laughs> but, well, but the fact is, Bridlington is by the sea. Mm. So, mm. yeah, especially in Bridlington, you'd probably expect it in Bridlington more than, for example, in... Tashkent, the capital city of the landlocked Republic of Uzbekistan. Yeah. Or the village of Allen, South Dakota, the furthest inhabited place from the ocean in all of North America. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, even like Doncaster and Bradford yeah. um, that don't have a coastline. Yeah. Um, or but that that's what you'd think. Bath, where that weird shape had been yes. carved out. Mm. Yeah. What if that was literally put the whale here? Yes. Well, I think it was about the. the shape and dimensions of whales mm. um, yeah, gentlemanly bit yeah maybe someone had started drawing the sort of chalk outline around the body <laughs> and, <laughs> and then started like, with the whale penis. Love, yeah. and, and then, then someone stole the whale right, and moved it to Bridlington and like, nah now nah, it just looks like someone's 
cocks falling off. <laughs> um, they said, well, they know that they've got to, you've got to remove the wild carcass because, um, and maybe this isn't as funny as I find it, but the whale's body when it's decomposing does it in the very show-offy way of just exploding <laughs> that they just sort of um, expand like a dying star and then just burst <laughs> all over everyone it just feels like a really fun way to die um, <laughs> like if I'd like that to be the case well, if, of yeah. that's how I go that if you don't if you don't bury me or cremate me within a week I'm exploding right um, it, it does tend to happen with decomposition yeah. generally so so a when a when a body goes missing in water mm. and you can't find it uh, eventually if with, unless it's you know been tied down by something it will eventually fill with those decomposing gases and then eventually float to the surface yeah. which is why you have to weigh down when people have sea burials you have to weigh them down properly and what happens on the Isle of Wight I did a stint with the forensic department in um, Hampshire mm, it sounds and like we you did a stint with a criminal gang <laughs> <laughs> or, or that yeah. uh, but so when I was working in forensics I was down on the Isle of Wight and the, they have a lot of sea burials between Portsmouth and the Isle of Wight and they have problems with their people who do it properly and then you've got the sort of those rogue those rogue um, Undertakers. So you get rogue undertakers, rogue undertakers who won't do the sea burial properly and won't weigh them down properly. And the problem is they end up washing up on the shore of the Isle of Wight. So the Isle of Wight will often get a call and just go, there's a body on the beach and they have to go down. And of course, its hands and its feet are bound and it's possibly wrapped in something. And then they have to investigate, is this a proper burial? Or is this a is this a mob a mob hit? Kind of it surprises me because they've taken the whale away, haven't they, to do a, a post mortem to see how or why it died? Yeah, and it's like, well, I think it's obvious, right? How it died? Well, like, we don't know that. I mean, that's that's the start of a detective story, isn't it? It always seems obvious what happened, and yeah, then but gradually you they don't, piece it together. They don't live on the beach, right. so you stick a whale on a beach, it's gonna yeah, but, but die. Who, who stuck the whale on the beach? What was the whale? What was the whale doing near Bridlington? I mean, that's an unlikely place mm. for a whale to. You'd think it would go to Scarborough or the more historic city of Whitby. It, but you, why Bridlington? Because I mean, it, well, a lot it was an adolescent male. Oh, we so should do what they did in Hartlepool ages ago, and we should have hung the whale. Yeah. Um, that's a logistical issue, isn't it? Yes, but mm. whale hangers doesn't have the same ring to it. Yeah, and where do you where do you hang? How do you hang a whale? Yeah. Well, if if any of you listening know how to, <laughs> how to hang a whale, of course. I mean, you talk about the whale exploding. Um, the correct way to deal with a beach whale, of course, as according to history, is to blow it up with twenty cases or half a ton of dynamite in the traditional manner, as attempted by whale disposal experts in Oregon in 1970. <laughs> In the greatest single video on the internet, which I think I can't remember when we first talked about the exploding whale on the bugle. It is an internet phenomenon. I showed the exploding whale video to my son for the first time a couple of days ago, and I could see the light in his eyes just, just, just come bursting to life. I think, oh, there's a world in which there's a. 1970 news report about an exploding whale that is the funniest thing ever I've, I've just googled history. it yeah. and they've remastered the video yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it was it's 50th anniversary in what, yeah. 2020 uh, wasn't it apparently yeah. what, a, what a world we live in yeah. <gasps> oh my god they could have put it's raining blubber it's raining blubber you see, I mean, we work in the creative arts, and no matter what we do, we could, you know, spend years trying to perfect our craft and share insights <gasps> into the nature it's of the human condition. We will never do anything as good as the exploding whale. Right, that brings us to the end. <laughs>
of this week's special uh, coronation memorial uh, bugle, uh, Ian and Rhea, thanks very much for uh, for joining me. Any shows to plug before you go? I'm going on tour this year, so if you're in the UK, please do check out my website uh, and check out for dates there, uh, realina.com. I'd love to see you there. Um, don't go on my website. It's shit. Um, <laughs> I haven't updated it. But I'm doing the Edinburgh Fringe. I'm doing a show called Crushing at 1.35pm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think there's a story about going to Slovakia with my hairdresser to drive over a car with a tank. Um, so, Ooh. yeah, come along and see if I've made that funny. <laughs> <laughs> what more could you possibly want in an Edinburgh show? Uh, also, uh, you can hear me, Andy Zaltzman, on Tiff Stevenson's Catharsis elsewhere in the Bugle stable uh, this week for details on that and all the other shows in the Bugle uh, stable. Go to thebuglepodcast.com. Until next week, goodbye. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss Lime Bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.